In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Thank you. I greet you on this beautiful day of the resurrection, the Lord's Day. And it's wonderful to come together and always to share in whatever specific teaching or gospel reading or liturgical theme we have going on. And uh, there are always several things at play. And this week, we celebrated the, the birthday of our mother. We celebrated the birthday of the mother of all Christians. Um, our most holy lady, the Theotokos. We celebrated the birth of the new Eve, who came to undo what was done by the first one. And we celebrated her birth as the dawn on the horizon, the little bit of light you know, poking over the sun, over the hillside before the sunrise, which we see in the birth of Christ, and then ultimately in his resurrection. We've been singing hymns in honor of Mary, the first Christian, all week. And I couldn't help but to think, how many of you would like to have an after feast for your own birthday? Keep singing happy birthday to me for the course of the next week. We have to become, become a saint first, okay? And then maybe we'll do that for you too. I have to tell you that if you become a saint, you won't care. <laughs> you just want God to get every bit of attention, you know, every bit of glory. And that's actually funny enough. That's why we, we sing the praises you know, of, and lift up the memory of those who exalted God in their lives. Because they live such humble, unique, selfless lives. And by their inspiration, they prove to us that even a fallen person can bear witness to the perfect and uncreated God. Even a fallen person can be healed, can be made whole, that salvation is possible. And that's why we love just, we love the lives of the saints so much in the church. And we sing hymns of praise in their memory. Not to elevate them above God. God forbid, no way. In fact, that's impossible. It's impossible to compare the uncreated and the created. But we honor them because of our mutual love for Christ. And so we're just concluding today. We're wearing blue today and we have the the blue colors out because today is called the leave taking, the last day of celebrating the nativity of our Holy Lady, the Theotokos, but it's also a special day on the church calendar because it's the Sunday preceding the, we have another feast coming up. We start kind of really fervently at the beginning of the church year. Begins with the feast of the nativity of the Theotokos and then the following week we celebrate the feast of the exaltation of the precious and life-giving cross. And you don't have to be too observant 
to notice that we like the cross around here in the Orthodox Church. Some of us might even make the sign of the cross more than we speak. Talk to the catechumens and inquirers about that last week, that to make the sign of the cross is to, is to pray without words. We're constantly communicating, even without words. We employ the whole of our being to worship God and to express who we are, who He's created us to be, and we constantly proclaim the way in which our salvation has been accomplished by making the sign of the cross over and over again. That symbol can do what words fail to do at times. And so we make the sign of the cross, we hold up the cross, desperate men who are trying to give a a word of truth hold the cross in their hands, hoping that it will serve as an inspiration. And, uh, but as I've said before, the purpose of loving the cross and the beauty of the church and the imagery, the icons, the hymns and chants, everything. The purpose is not a temporary worldly experience of exaltation, but really to have those realities inscribed in our hearts at the core of who we are. St. Amphilochius of Patmos, as you know, if you remember his name, it's a tricky name, St. Amphilochius, he's a, a contemporary saint. He said that I would love for none other than if anyone were to open up your hearts, that they would find Christ there to his spiritual children. That's my prayer for you. But I wouldn't mind seeing the cross inscribed in there as well, which is Christ's cross. We gave a youth retreat yesterday, a teen retreat, and one of my brothers reminded us of the teaching of St. John of Damascus. Ever, ever since Christ hung upon that wicked tree, that instrument of torture, which has become our, the instrument of salvation, we call it the weapon of peace. Ooh, I love that. Weapon of peace and trophy of salvation. He said, ever since Christ hung upon that cross, whenever we see anything, he says, you see two sticks on the ground that have fallen, crossing one another. St. John of Damascus says, I venerate it. He doesn't fall down on his knees and start kissing sticks, but, but he honors even because it reminds him. Can you imagine? I could see a couple of you guys maybe Smooching his couple of sticks on the ground. I don't know. I might if no one was looking. My daughter would make a cross out of it for our prayer corner. You know. But um, the reality is, is that God has revealed himself. God has revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ in specific ways. And the world seeks to proclaim the truth of his self-revelation. And it's everywhere. So... It's not surprising when we see the, the sign of the cross. I mean, I, sometimes I look at the windows and I go, man, what a great reminder. The, there are crosses everywhere, you know. Creation is always symbolically and literally bearing witness 
to the revelation of God in Christ. And the revelation of God in the person of Jesus Christ can never be separated from what he did on the cross. There was only one way that God could save us. And it wasn't by saying, be saved from on heaven, up, up from heaven on high. That would have been convenient. But that would have been a loveless act. And God is love. So the only way that he could perfectly reveal his love and save us was by becoming what we are, absolutely and completely without confusion, and then pouring himself out, literally pouring himself out for the life of the world and its salvation in the most despicable way. I always call him our humble king. We follow our humble king, the only king worth following. In reflecting on the cross, I was reminded of a few things I had written down in the past that I wanted to share with you. A couple of beautiful little reflections. We've been poisoned by sin. And we continue to poison ourselves as well by our return to it. I'm, in a little bit of a provocative way, I was thinking, we poison ourselves and then we go, why am I poisoned? We do it again and again. The poison of corruption resulting from sin courses through our veins. And, you know, if we could only detox from it, there's no effective diet from sin. Can't just take a little break from it. Escape doesn't work. Denial exacerbates the condition of sin. And so we ask, what is the solution? I'm holding it up. The solution to the human condition is the cross. Many know the answer too. And the world is crying out to express it in some way, but imperfectly. Because they're attempting to do it, we are attempting to do it without the cross. Our society is screaming and writhing in pain and sadness and intoxication. And it demonstrates that it does know that the only way out is death, actually. And this is why we have such a tragically high suicide rate. This is why we have to justify euthanasia and abortion. We're so sick, you know, that we've come to look at these things as noble because we know the only way that sin can come to an end is through death. And without any hope, that's what people are left with. That permanent escape. So the world is right, but it's also wrong. 
If we were godless, materialist, pragmatist, we would affirm this kind of escape. But there's something more. Because I also believe that man wants to live and not to die. We want to escape the tragic condition of our humanity. We're in a bit of a catch-22. We know the only way is out is to die, but we want to live. Christianity has the answer to that predicament. Christ proclaims it. Silently on the cross, revealing His love. He's not grabbing you by the shoulders and telling you. He's revealing Himself. I heard someone say so beautifully, Christ is the Word, with a capital W, Logos, the revelation. He's God's thing, God's act, God's purpose. That's what that word Logos or Word means. If Christ is the living activity, meaning, purpose of God, Then when he was hung on the cross, revealing himself, silently that the book of his being was open for us to read. Gazing upon the cross and seeing the silent expression of the love of God for us. Doing again what words cannot suffice to do. We want to live. So this is where the cross comes into the picture. This weapon of tragedy has become the instrument of our salvation. So there is a solution to the downward spiral of humanity. And it's by accepting the way of the cross. The wretched wood upon which God bled, upon which our beautiful Savior was crucified, this very wood is now the cause of our rejoicing. We no longer shudder when we see that cross. But we even kiss it. We venerate it. We love it. Because we love the one who was hung upon it. By the cross, a light has been revealed. A fire has been ignited in the darkest, depressing depths of hopelessness. So the cross has become like the torch of God's love in the dark night of humanity. And the torch of God's love has shown and revealed the fearful but crumbling pangs of death. Our Savior affirms this is the only solution. Yes, the only solution is death. I would that that it were not. But now love demands it. And by death, death is slain. So we who would join those around us in saying, why am I poisoned, are no longer perplexed about the problem or the solution. We know now because we have faith. That the solution is this, the death of death. And not just in the person of Jesus Christ, but 
He did it so that we can do it. So that we can die in order to live. Because he has bid us, whosoever would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And I want to assure you, beloved in Christ, that whatever cross or crosses that he allows you, that he sets before you, that he allows you to bear, are ones that are bearable with him. He will give you the strength that you do not have And he'll surround you with people that will also help lift you up. That's what we must be in this holy community. This is a holy community of people who are bound together by the love of Christ. Not just people who enjoy having meals together, but who suffer together. And hopefully through our compassion for one another, our co-suffering, we reveal something of the truth of God's suffering love for us. And unless we die with Him, we cannot rise with Him. But if we do die with Him and arise as cross-bearers, those who find life by means of death to self, to die to ourselves is to become alive in Him. And through self-denial is activated in us the freedom to love the other Through self-denial comes the freedom to love the other. The freedom to suffer and to co-suffer, all the while thinking only of the heights, with the mind and the heart now living in heaven. That's our home now. The world has nothing on heaven. Any little... Attempt by the enemy is such a weak attempt to steal our attention from what our true identity is. What's the most, the last and most fearful thing? Death. It's been slain. That's why we love the cross. And we begin to see the mysteries of Christ revealed. We become a dwelling of the Holy Spirit. By following in the way of the cross. So, we relentlessly mark ourselves with the sign of the cross. When you get in your car, when you're talking to someone on the phone, when you get out of bed in the morning, before you go to bed at night, when you get in the shower, before you, when you get out of the shower, when you're praying for your children, when you're thinking of the suffering people across the world, when you have a twinge of anxiety, especially when you're dealing with self-doubt, put your hope in Him. We relentlessly mark ourselves with the sign of the cross as a prayer and as a way and as a proclamation of the fact that the once wretched wood is now worthy of our love. And this is why we bow low and we venerate the precious and life-giving cross. And we bless the world with it too. We bless the world. You'll see on the feast of the precious and life-giving cross, please come. In every direction we pray for the world, north, south, east, and west, crying out, Lord, have mercy, and making the sign of the cross. 
We venerate the precious and life-giving cross, blessing the world, interceding for the world, and will cry aloud, O Lord, save thy people and bless thine inheritance, granting to thy people victory over all their enemies and by the power of thy cross, preserving thy habitation. So, beloved in Christ, if you wish to save your soul and win eternal life, arise from your lethargy. Make the sign of the cross and say, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.